Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Dave Hanratty and there will be no encore welcome to the show we're recording on Valentine's night but of course it will be out before after then I should say the concept of time is something I struggle with and I think I'm also a bit frazzled because we're sitting here in the studio myself and Sonic Architect Adam hello happy Valentine's Day to you dear listener and to you Dave thanks um, as a single man I greatly appreciate it and I'm also here with the the most handsome man in the world in fairness I'm very lucky Whoa. it is returning to the show Sonic Architect Adam <laughs> for the first time since our enemies episode last summer it is Mar- Mark O'Brien, a.k.a. Royal Yellow, a.k.a. One Quarter of Enemies. Hello. Hello, Dave. Hello, Adam. Great to be back. Yeah, I'm frazzled for all those reasons, but also because, uh, so we got headphones now when we record, which we didn't used to, which is, you know, I don't know what that says about us, but like, uh, it's it's high tech city these days. And we just heard a little sting there. We heard a little, we heard the first like 30 seconds of stains. It's been a while. Mm. And let me tell you, I don't know oh. if. I don't know if recorded music has ever sounded better. What <laughs> the fidelity. It's, the f- oh. uh, am I wrong? It sounded incredible. Amazing. Best Valentine's Day I've ever had. Don't know if it already. was 40X or if it was just the sound of one troubadour's trauma. It was fucking beautiful. I loved it. It had been a while as well for me. <laughs> it actually been a while for me as well. It always has. Well, listen, uh, welcome to the Love Zone. Um, here we are on this on this episode here. Uh, we're going to do top five Simpsons songs. Yes. I shot, down Finally. Your, I shot down your other idea, which was? The other idea was Sexy Songs Part 2. Um, I think myself and Craig originally did Sexy Songs probably Part one, yeah. like during lockdown yeah. a couple of years ago. It was during lockdown, yeah. yeah I remember it was a it was sexy on time. Zoom. It was a very sexy time. Yeah, love lockdown. Um, dun, dun, and dun, dun. Yeah, and he did. I did best, he did worst. And it was over Zoom, so there was a lot of like, 
tension. Yeah, a lot of like avoiding eye contact down the down the webcam lens your as, I, were, as I played. Like your your laptop fan was going, I believe, if I recall. <laughs> it was. Yeah. That's not all it was going. That was someone hoovering, I think, as well. I tell you, that fan was this hot, UL? hot and bothered. So it was. Oh that, no, that was a different. Every time we've recorded with you. Outside of a studio, there's been some kind of sonic interference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I really like coming in here because Adam's just Adam is an actual pro yeah. producer, whereas I you're like uh, an you're like an X man <laughs> whose power is that you're just haunted by noise, noise, yeah, yeah noise or noise or um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, we did sexy songs, and that was interesting. Um, just playing like five of my horniest tracks for uh, for Craig Fitzpatrick uh, yeah. in, in the depths of lockdown down, down through a screen. I mean, listen, I, I, like, I, I, there so are many, many people more. out there who would love to be able to have that moment with Craig Fitzpatrick in the, in, in the depths of lockdown, okay? Like, I'll tell you that. Uh, but Adam, um, could you actually play what I think is the sexiest song of all time? I think I'm going to have to know, haven't I? It's been a while since I could I mean, he's just like, he's just so tortured, you know? Like, there's nothing yeah. like. Shut up, those fucking drums, man. Okay, listen, let's get on with that's the show. That's the sound of a man, like, sort of <laughs> rebounding, like, with a woman he doesn't want to be with at all. Yeah. Because he's coming off the tracks after a genuinely beautiful relationship. That's very he's specific. He's got beer in hand. Yeah. He's, like, walking out of a strip club. He's just. Ugh, sure. At the gra- I don't know. It is, but it is, it's hot. Sexy. He's, he's got the uh, Confederate flag <laughs> wrapped around his, his wrist or something. Yeah. Uh, okay, listen, before we get to the news, and there's lots to talk about, um, Dave and Adam, it says here, I wrote these notes, <laughs> uh, Dave and Adam went, brackets, separately to the sad wrestling movie. Um, mm-hmm. We're talking about The Iron Claw. Uh, if you don't know what this film is, here's a little snippet from the trailer, just about 20-odd seconds. Ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Pop tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing could ever hurt us. I believed him. Yeah, that's uh, that's the Iron Claw. Um, spoilers for the Iron Claw. Uh, if you're not aware of the true life story of the Von Erich family, uh, we're going to talk with this really, really quickly. And like, there is a musical tie-in, I will say. There's lots of good Neil drops, but there's an amazing original song written for this film. Uh, it's called Live That Way Forever. It's by Richard Reed Parry of Arcade Fire and Little Scream, and it's incredible. Uh, but real quick, I went to see the film at the weekend. I was very hyped about it. Mm-hmm. And despite knowing, like, I think some people are going to go into this movie and be like, oh, it's a wrestling movie, cool. And they're going to be confronted with a lot of very sad things happening. Um, there was a moment towards the end of the film when I, I cried so hard in the cinema, I thought my chest was going to cave in. Whoa. So there you go. Adam, how do you get on? It goes there, does it? Um, yeah, oh, it uh, goes there. Oh, it goes there, yeah. yeah. You know, do you know anything and, and about some. this? Like uh, The trailer suggested, I can't believe you cut the trailer. That, was that Don't Fear the Reaper? It was Don't Fear the Reaper. Like, the first yeah. note of Don't Fear the Reaper came in there. And then we you don't want to get an um, illegal rich by, uh, by Blue Oyster Cult. So. Uh, what I can tell from the trailer is that um, someone is is in the closet. Is that a part of it? Incorrect. Oh, okay, right. All right, Adam, over to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, I thought it was fantastic. Like, I, again, it's just 
it, it, like to kind of quote my own letterbox review it's so bleak it really is it's like so 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 bleak oh. here's um, how bleak it is without, without giving anything away again for anyone else and seeing it right it's so bleak that they cut down the real life element of it not added to it now there wow. is some kind of you know fudging of stuff here and there but for example it's a, it's about a family of a family of wrestlers family of brothers they left out an entire brother because, Whoa. as the director said, the story couldn't withstand another tragedy, basically. Spoilers. Oh, wow. Because yeah, it yeah. kind of looks like a romp and stomp and good time from the trailer <laughs> in a way. Like, it's got obviously like, there's, there's a bit levity, of but it's yeah. also just, it just yeah, it's, it's a lot. And I, I thought it was great. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was very, very strong. The performances are excellent. Um, Zach Efron in particular was fantastic. He is brilliant. I think, it? like, he, he really, like, I think he probably got a lot of stick before now for, like, not having a whole lot of serious roles but I think he's really like put paid to that now in terms of mm-hmm. the, that performance because wow like I was I was blown away yeah really it's, was. it's really good and again like you know there's nothing like I, I cried several times and it was like it's that thing of like do you ever see that film Warrior the MMA movie no. with Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton it's very very good no. but it's a real like tough man's weepy you know mm. like it's like mm. like lads very much like being like oh for fuck's sake like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, a lot of that in the cinema but I will say real quick I mean I want to talk about cinema etiquette for a second on this music on this music podcast well, here because we go. when I went to see the Iron Claw now granted it was Saturday it was a cineplex type situation uh, Cinema Tech, if you will. As, Cinema Tech, of as course. Adam's favourite. It's, it's, give it its proper title. Thank Turn you very much. Um, there were some teenage boys in front of us on the way in, and during the trailers, they were like looking at TikTok or Instagram or something, but they had the volume up full blast. No. And I'm like, it's during the no, trailer. So I was no. like, okay, listen, this, this is hardly ideal. No. But it's Saturday afternoon in a, in a cinema tech and you have to take what you can get. Thankfully, they didn't do that during the movie and they actually kept their talking to each other to a minimum and to a low roar. And the thing I'm surprised, they were on their phones quite a bit, which, which I obviously think is horrendous and you should be shot dead by firing squad for mm-hmm. doing this. But um, to my genuine surprise, they whacked the glare down to the smallest oh, possible yeah I actually was yeah. stunned I was like wow okay I mean like, this it's not ideal but that's the best I'm gonna get <laughs> yeah. and by comparison I was sitting like way in the back middle right someone in the third row when they took their phone out to look for something and they were on it for about a full minute and I swear to god man it was like this person pulled a fucking floodlight out My of their eyes. phone it was unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> I was just like what is wrong with people and it's not just the youth I shall say because I went to see a film last night called Perfect Days uh, it's the new Vim Benders film it's really beautiful it's set in Tokyo uh, it's out on the 23rd I think so I'd highly recommend people go check it out but it's like slow cinema and it's you know the lead character doesn't say a lot of dialogue at all like mm-hmm. he's just this older gentleman who is a toilet cleaner uh, in Tokyo and it's about his like daily routines and I guess you know the kind of the mundanity of it all and he, there's some great needle drops because he listens to cassette tapes you know in his car legend First needle drop. I can the, hear it now. The yeah, 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 yeah lots yeah, of that. Yeah. The whirring of yeah, the yeah. Yeah. And he listens stock. to exclusively like sixties music and stuff. So the first needle drop in the movie in the movie is and I, and I sat there with a giant smile on my face. It's House of the Rising Sun by the Animals. Fantastic. I was like, right. oh, here we go, baby. Yeah. My God, you could fit on extra vision with the amount of films that that song is in. Probably, yeah. It's Casino. And the, every one of them. <laughs> it's great. perfect days. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a really good movie. But again, on the etiquette side of things, right? I swear to God. Uh, it was a preview screening as well, so I guess you don't know, you know, are, are the freaks going to come out? And I thought I was safe, you know, because I was in a much more respected art house cinematheque for this. Um, <laughs> there was an older gentleman a couple of seats away, right? And I swear to Christ, this guy felt the need to provide a running commentary. No. For the entire film, oh, you're no. fucking kidding. And me. he was, and like this man, like, like I say, older gentleman, you know, somehow, despite his many years on this earth, has not mastered the complex art of whispering. Yeah, and this sounds like my father. 
it, it had the in vibe. The it had the vibe of a man who was in who thought he was in the front room of his house. He's wearing yeah. an overcoat. Uh, his hand appeared to be surgically attached to a fucking bag of Rolos or something. Uh, he had a handkerchief, as, as it should, in fairness. He had yeah. a handkerchief, and boy, was he going for it when he wasn't opening his fucking mouth. And it was just like Rolos make me awful phlegmy. Pointing at the screen, he kept pointing at the screen like he was Rick Dalton in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he was just like, you know, oh, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, what's she gonna do? And I yeah, was like, yeah. and I actually was like, four times read the film, like under my breath, uh, I went like, shut the fuck up. I was just like, because I was uh, stuck. I was like, there's nowhere I could go, you know, because I was sitting in a seat where I was in the middle of those two seats to, you know, empty. I couldn't just jump into the one to my right. Then I'm sitting beside some random guy who's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Uh, halfway through the film. But I was this close. I was like, I just, I just don't understand what has happened to people maybe it's always been this way you see the influence of Zara Larson from 2023 I did think you? about that yeah because she was all like we should be able to talk and frolic and have a fucking Dionysian Full character analysis and fucking Dionysian bacchanal in the cinema as opposed <laughs> yeah. to just sitting there and watching the film but he literally was like he literally was like saying stuff like he was like, like the guy gets a beer at one stage and he goes oh beer and I was like oh <laughs> And I was just like, what the fuck? And like, and then he was like, he's like, what's going on here then? And I'm like, why do you watch the film and see was what that? happened? And I was kind of like, you know, again, like you might be thinking, Dave, was this man all there? And I, I, try, I looked over a few times to be mm. like, maybe, because like, maybe he, maybe there's some issues here and, you know, you can't. Yeah. No, no he, he seemed just your bog standard Irish da. Yeah. Who it refused. was my da, to be honest. Refused. <laughs> well, could you have a word with him, please? You know? Yeah, he just gets very excited. I just couldn't. I was like, I have, and I was like, I have to put up with this for two hours. Yeah. It's hard. It's Great film, though. Go see it. Preferably in an audience that understand that shutting the fuck up yeah. is how it should be. You know, in India, um, the culture of cinemas is like is a is total opposite. Where like it's a, you know the, the cinema it's like is a show, is it? Yeah, the cinema is like almost like a like a pub for us, okay. and like people go and like they bring like their whole family and like you know eight kids and like is this why the films are all like three hours long on average yeah and full of songs and stuff so yeah. you're probably not missing a lot of mm-hmm. uh, dialogue but um, there just needs to be like I don't know it's like this. It's the same when you're at a gig, or it's the same when you're on like a busy road, or even in a busy supermarket. Like when you get that many people in one place, yeah, everyone has their own rules. Yeah. I've yeah. always had like this is my theory. Like you know, I've, I've always said like you know, you put enough people in a room, and there's going to be a problem. And it goes back yeah. to that quote that I love, which is you know, all of man's problems stem from his inability to sit quietly in a room by himself, which is absolutely the case. And I'm just yeah. like, man, like I'm sorry, but like please don't do this. I know there are worse problems in the world, many of them. But I'm yeah. just like, for the love of God. Could yeah. you just shut? This is my well, trap. The front door. <laughs> a, well, like I think you're a bit like me and Adam. You're probably it's not a, a stained bit like this gig. Too. Like, do you know what I mean? Like if it was a stained gig, I'd understand. Like we'd all be. But sorry, go on. Just in that, like for for I think for, I can speak for all three of us in here that when I say that, like the cinema is like a sanctuary. Like yeah, yes. it's where we go. Like I often go to the cinema when I'm feeling really, really down because mm, it's like yeah. a safe little place where I can just sit in the dark for two hours. I can go on my own. And it'll just like I'll, it'll fully immerse me in something that will take me out of whatever yeah, is whatever is bothering me. That way. And you're yeah. like you're like I'm depressed. So, it's time to watch the zone of interest. Sometimes, sometimes it is, yeah. And so <laughs> it's just it feels like someone is just like getting you at the worst possible time. Like you're like, buddy, yeah. I need this. I need this. You know, I'd like I find myself booking like the latest possible showing of of films now and, and going at weird times weekday just afternoons are the one I'm yeah, telling you if you're yeah. off on a weekday afternoon preferably like an early screening that's the best one to go to because there'll be very few people there 
and generally, you know, they'll, they'll shut up probably. Yeah. But yeah, listen, that's that's enough about movies, I suppose. <laughs> I'm just really, I just despair. I really think, I think it's getting worse. I genuinely think that, the, like, it could be to the week last year we had this exact same no, but Can I just say, from my point of view, right, this isn't Old Man Sheds Cloud. This is Old Man Talks Too Fucking Much in the cinema. <laughs> now, can we have mm. the new sting, please? We'll talk about some music, shall we? <laughs> Start spreading the news. And my vow to not talk about Taylor Swift anymore on this music podcast uh, fails yet again because she won the Super Bowl. Congratulations mm-hmm. to her and her alone uh, on her rampant victory over the San Francisco 49ers last Sunday. Uh, apparently the most watched Super Bowl ever and the most watched broadcast in US history apart from the moon landing. Wow. Sorry. What? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. The Nielsen ratings that went in, like in America, said uh, the most watched broadcast in US TV history since the moon landing in 1969. 123.4 million people watched Taylor Swift's Kansas City Chiefs beat the San Francisco 49ers in what I heard wasn't a great game. Wow. So listen, wow. That, that's that. Right? Isn't it, is it, how long, how much sport do they actually play? Like how much, how, I heard some students uh, talking about this on campus the other day when, <laughs> <laughs> when I was just wandering around. When I, was when I just wandered around the campus because that's what I do. Um, no, I was teaching and I could overhear some of my students talking about the um, the Super Bowl and they said something like that there's, you know, if you if you actually add it all up, there's only like 25 minutes of actual game Actual play. game play, that yeah, yeah. Surprise yeah. Me. I set up to watch it one year and I was like, the amount of times it stops is comical. It's so <laughs> stop start and every time it stops, ad break. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ad yeah, break, yeah. ad break, ad yeah. break. Every America. single time. Yeah, yeah capitalism. And, but they're like the best ads ever though, aren't they? Like there's like one off. They have like special trailers mm-hmm. that come out and you know, yeah. this, that and the other. They're tailored all specifically for. Tailored, you oh, say. Good night, everybody. Everything I can remember. I fucked up. Well, whatever the rest of that line goes. I saw Stained Live, by the way, in the Point Theatre in 2001. It was incredible. (laughs) I had a great time. Was Stained one of the first records you bought? I paid 23 Irish pounds on on, on US import from HMV. uh, uh, I think it's no longer on Grafton Street. Um, Yeah, not one of the first, but yeah, kind of like when I was in the the mood, you know, when I was finding myself. It was called Break the Cycle. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah, was, did you pay twenty three Irish pounds for n- not for stained, but I definitely spent an equal amount of money on equally garbage records of the time, <laughs> like uh, Puddle of Mud's Come Clean. I had that as well. Yeah. Um with little baby's arse yeah. on the cover. <laughs> That's weird. Like uh, they, don't worry about it. They got the Nirvana thing so wrong. The there, lyrical right? content was so much better though, wasn't it? You know, like you know? Yeah. I love yeah, the yeah. way you look at me. Yeah. I love the way you smack my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So anyway, are we done? Control, we, by the way. Are yes. we done talking about Taylor Swift? We are, but because uh, the Super Bowl, I do want to mention because a couple of uh, things. Uh, did you see Michael Caine's tweets about the Super Bowl? No. You uh, know, legendary actor Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine still yeah, with us. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah. I'm not going to do Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just sound like Bane. <laughs> yeah. Bane. They're in the same movie. Bane. 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 Bane's the scariest man I've, I've ever seen, Mister Wayne. Awesome man. I mean, I've never, that, that was a first timer. I've never. I was born in the dark. <laughs> 
Give me a dump. Mr. Michael Payne. <laughs> I made a promise to you. I To your family. Uh, that fucking movie, by the way, is one of the funniest films ever made. Dark Knight Rises. Like, Michael, everyone, gets a, everyone gets a soliloquy in that movie. Mm. Everyone's on the heath. Do they, they all have their mm. big fucking speech and it's just, I failed you, Master Wayne. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, I love seeing Michael Caine cry so It's very much. funny. He's so good at it. It's so great when he has that thing early on when he like uh, comes up with the most specific scenario of all time when he's like, I imagine seeing you somewhere in Florence with a further branca. And I'm like, oh gosh, I wonder, might that come back in two yeah. and a half hours? Anyway, they're Mike, eating the art, the tangerine thing. Have tangerine, you seen, yeah, have you seen yeah, yeah. I've seen all the edits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tangerine, <laughs> tangerine, as big as a tangerine, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a diamond as big as a tangerine. I saw Ruby. <laughs> The size. All right, listen. Let's, let's stop this. Let's stop this. Yeah, by the way, it's patreoncom if you want to help support this manic show, and you can get the episode a day early. By the way, maybe you're listening oh. to it now on the Thursday, and maybe you're like on the Friday going, oh, "I could add this. Must I could have this." That subscription. <laughs> Michael Caine thinks it's good enough. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Nuancore uh, for more of this. So anyway, uh, Taylor Swift you can, Michael Caine. You can yeah. message us directly about how much you just hated this segment. <laughs> Michael Caine is a big Twitter guy, apparently, okay. uh, which surprises me. And he, sa- he says weird shit. Like, I mean, like, there's one of him recently where, like, he just tweets out, like, literally, here's a tweet from him, and it just says, chilled weekend. That's it. That's <laughs> nice. the entire tweet. Uh, good night, you prince. And then give peace a chance. They're three separate tweets from one evening. Um, but on the night of the Super Bowl, he put up... In the space of like about half an hour, he just literally put a tweet that just said Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Like that's just all it says. That's, was it on in Las Vegas? <laughs> it was, yeah. It yeah, was. okay. He so, got it right at a tweet, least. A standalone tweet that just says Super Bowl in Las Vegas. And then wow. there's another tweet sent two minutes later that says, We'll stay up all night to see Super Bowl. He thinks he's texting his son. <laughs> he doesn't realize he's tweeting. And then 11 minutes later there's a tweet that says love Las Vegas got married there (laughs) 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 a great man (laughs) amazing an incredible human being Adam you want to talk about the halftime show do you? yeah so no one cared about no it was like I was so Mm. it was kind of kind of mid overall I thought Um, I spoke about it on Flop Culture's Patreon um, with Fanula J. Don't you plug other Patreons. We're trying to grow our own. <laughs> yeah, well, th- listen, people can have more than one subscription, is what I say. Mm-hmm. But In this economy? In this economy? <laughs> um, Choose wisely, but, Yeah, everybody. so I was, I was saying that, like, I didn't really understand it. And also, Usher sings for about 20% of the fucking performance. Have you watched it? That's right, guys. Usher was the halftime entertainment, yeah. not Taylor Swift. Current, current I, I, artist. I didn't watch a second of it. I, watch I, it? I guess he was so um, not interested in his own halftime show that he got married immediately afterwards. Congratulations to him and his new wife. Oh, okay. well, for, uh, that I didn't know. Uh, but what I, I also didn't understand like what a lot of the spectacles and stuff were. And then there's the big band, like, you know, the like, marching band, like doing the songs, like mm-hmm. a little bit of it. And there was like such a fucking chasm between in terms of contrast between the like the two sounds the sounds of like the bits that they've left in from the track and then the band doing the thing oh. I was like that's just too much and I don't like that sound anyway Yeah. but uh, what I didn't realise I was like why the fuck has he got Ludacris Lil John? well obviously Ludacris and Lil John for yeah but he's also got Jermaine Dupree there who's there for the guts of five seconds and who imposes himself on the entire Super Bowl performance. Of course, it's Will I Am. I can't get away from Whoa. him. This guy haunts me. He <laughs> yeah. appears in so many Formula One grid walks, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> that like, man travels. Yeah. He gets around. He's like, where is there going to be TV camera today? Okay, yeah. a, a charter a flight immediately. Yeah, yeah. he's Char- got... Th- 
He's Carries got, the one remaining Concorde jet in existence. He's got that boom, boom, pow. Yeah. yeah. That's, just yeah. How, that's how it works. <laughs> he, yeah, he's just, he's, oh my God. But yeah, it was like, it was kind of up and down. Um, the spectacle is great. Like, if you like the spectacle of the Super Bowl, it's glitz, it's glamour, it's pure I entertainment. Hate, hate it so much. But if you... <laughs> it's Vegas, baby. If you're there looking for pure artistic vocal performance, you're not going to find it. Yeah, I can't imagine. Alicia Keys, was she on Pitchy. it with him? Pitchy. Pitchy. Wow. It's that's I was expecting startling. a lot because like her reveal yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. It's like this giant like flowing red piece of like material and it was just like absolutely incredible and she's on the piano and it started off really good and then just Alicia off key. Not great, yeah. Um I think it's gas that how non current that lineup is. Like it's the Super Bowl twenty twenty four, and that is a lineup of artists that were knocking around when I was ten. Defrosted from cold storage, like yeah, yeah, that's insane. Like, yeah. have we just stagnated so much as a culture that you can't, you but, know? So I found it. I found it after, and this is like the final point I'll make on it. And the one thing that I kind of I found in the end after doing some reading is that the whole kind of back half of the performance is a bit of an homage to Atlanta and the Atlanta artists that... This is in Las Vegas. In, yeah, I know, yeah, but okay. Usher's <laughs> from Atlanta, I okay. don't know. So like, <clears throat> that, that, they kind of tied back to that and that's why he brought all of these people who okay, are so Atlanta hasn't had a, irrelevant. Atlanta hasn't had a breakthrough artist since uh, I know, like this, this is what you're up against, but wow. it, may, it, it did make more sense to me after that. I was like, okay, now I understand why they're all there. But yeah. okay. um, overall, like a, a solid four out of ten. Like. To, yeah. Uh, yeah, so like something of a surprise uh, wedding for Usher, perhaps, you know, <laughs> taking inspiration from Michael Caine's tweet there. Uh, but also a week of surprise drops, Adam. Did you write this opening line? I did. Do you want to read it out? Um, yeah, I said, it's been a week of surprise-ish drops. I said, the soul fire of Beyonce is back. A reference that, to Dan Aykroyd on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and, I, yeah um, listeners of the show will know from the quiz episodes that, yeah. you know, there's there's a little little context there. Must do another quiz um, soon. So she's back with Texas Hold'em and 16 Carriages in like an odd country folk vibe mm-hmm. um, ahead of her forthcoming album, Act 2. Due to uh, announced due to land on March twenty. Another Beyonce album, another, another Beyonce. Taylor Swift album. It yeah. never stops. Uh, but speaking of new albums, uh, anyone listen to Kanye West teaming up with Ty Dolla Sign for Vultures One? I turned it off halfway through. Yeah, I think I got about a quarter of the way through it. I, li- uh, I listened. I'm ashamed sh- to admit that I listened to the whole thing I'm purely how are you doing? Be- purely because I wanted to like just see what it like if yeah. there was any quality in it hoping for a bit of redemption like spoilers uh, spoiler alert there is no quality in it at all it's yeah. dusty demos rec- uh, vocals recording on an iPhone um, half of those verses weren't cleared he's using an uncleared sample from Ozzy Osbourne like that My Ozzy man, Osbourne yeah. came out and said I want nothing to do with this man this is an uncleared sample mm-hmm. um, like opening opening himself to uh, you know court proceedings he clearly is in need of a payday because this is absolute trash. Ty Dolla Sign should be ashamed of himself. Mm-hmm. Kanye should be ashamed of himself. There's Any a sample from Kevin Smith's Dogma, which I was is like... Is that the... Yeah, yeah, it's the one that but you're naked, thinking of. But naked, big booty bitches don't just fall out of the sky or something like that. You're, you're not too far off. Yeah. 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 Which would be fine in and of itself if it was just this, the vocal dialogue, but then Kanye just keeps saying it over and over again. Again and again. And, and I was again. like, and like the, the melody in that song is all right. And then like the Ty Dolla Sign bit is okay. And I'm like, there was kind of a song here maybe, but I, I, I literally I listened to it on the way to meet someone for coffee and I was like okay well I'm going to pause it now for this coffee and then I was like well I'm not going back to the album later on I was just like this, there's nothing in this yeah. it's gone um, yeah. and in terms of other new music this week as well just real quick Health my beloved Health put out a cover of Deftones 
Be Quiet and Drive Far Away. It's fucking great. And uh, Pearl Jam came back into the world with a new song called Dark Matter uh, off the album of the same name, which is coming out pretty soon. I think it's April. But they also announced an Irish gig, Pearl Jam, right? They're playing Marley Park, the worst possible venue, Ooh. in June, which is turning into an insane month for gigs over here. I've never seen Pearl Jam live, ever, which is bizarre to me because I was obsessed with them when I was a teenager. And I was like, fuck, Marley Park. I was like, all right, whatever. And then it was like Richard Ashcroft and the Murder Capital are on support. And I'm like, well, that's not enticing either. Do you know how much the tickets are? I'm, I can guess. For this oh, show. I'll, I'll let Mark guess first. Pearl Jam. Is, is Richard Ashcroft the guy from The Verve? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Murder Capital. Pearl Jam, uh, Marley Park, June I'm going to say 100 euros. Adam? Yeah, 108 euro, I reckon. Before fees, 117 euro. Wow. <laughs> Fucking wow. ridiculous. I will say, Fall Out Boy, Green Day and Weezer was over 100 quid and I thought that was daylight robbery. That's three bands though. Yeah, but I'm like, mm. it, it, like the fact that ticket prices are that high yeah, yeah, it's, it, it, is it, just obscene. It's a joke. Listen, uh, t- you could have bought a ticket if you want to to go see Roshan Murphy when she played two nights in the Olympia oh, last weekend. No. <laughs> you say, oh no, but you, you want to talk about this. Oh, I kind of, I meant to say when I got here, I really don't want to talk about this, but <laughs> well, I've said it, here no. we are. Well, let's have a quick chat about it. The Roisin Corner. Craig and I discussed um, the Roisin Murphy situation last year on the end of your episode, but she was kind of back in the news this week in as much as she played two sold-out shows in the Olympia. She did an interview with the Irish Times, which you she read. Did. Uh, Ed, pa- Ed Power in the ticket. You have an excerpt there on your phone, don't you? You sent it to me. I do, yeah. Do you um, have it there? Well, or I'll, I'll queue it up, actually, because um, I, I think I only have like a, a small bit of it. Because the, You sent me a very eloquent voice note about this, and I was like, do you want to talk about it on the show? So, the, okay, there's a part here in the interview she did. I think it was uh, with Ed power and yes. it was like you know for anyone who's coming to this late Russian Murphy made comments uh, trans people people are upset she kind of doubled down on it to a degree and mm. just wiped her yeah. hands of it and just disappeared yeah kind Which, of stuff in, you know. a, in a really kind of meek and yeah Unapologetic stale you could fashion. Say. It yeah. was like very, yeah, very fucking. And again, for the record, I don't want, I don't want Roshi Murphy to be fucking imprisoned or anything. I just think that she could have handled it a lot better. And I think you know her follow up was made it worse in my opinion. It was very, there was lack of clarity and a lack of apology, or at least you know, at least you know, like, hey guys, I love you. None of that. Point yeah, is, yeah. she was asked about it in this in this piece because you know you have to. So it comes up in the conversation, and it's like, did she worry that after the dust out, she might not have a career? And she says, mate, are you really going to ask endless questions about this? She says, we had said that we would need to ask about the controversy, but didn't intend to dwell on it. She said, I have a whole career to talk about, not just five minutes last year. I 100% don't want to talk about it. I mean... one one thousand one hundred percent Oh, no, sorry. No, that, that's yeah. an I. Yeah. I 100%. <laughs> I will say the font threw me for just a second, but I got through it. Mark, however, was tripped 1100% up. 1100% don't want to talk about it. Yeah, and, and it's worth mentioning that like the we had said that we would need to uh, that we would need to talk about this is like an editor's note from Ed Power being like, yeah, we had agreed prior to the interview that we would need to speak about this. Yeah, you would have said, listen, I want to talk about X, Y, Z, and like, while we're at yeah. it, blah, blah, blah. And look, listen, she's within her rights to, like, you know, like, it, you're in an interview situation, like, the interviewee doesn't owe you anything. You want to get quotes out of them, absolutely. But, like, I'm like, sure. it, you know, fair play to him for asking about it. But then, of course, the conversation moves on to just more general stuff. Yeah. Um, what did you, like, yeah, what, what, what is it about this that you. Um, I find it really upsetting because. I have been a huge Roisin Murphy fan or for a very long time, like ever since like going back as far as Malogo. And um, you know, I just thought that like when when that when that unfortunate like Facebook comment came out last year, um, where she was saying, you know, something like puberty blockers for kids are fucked or something like that. That was like the initial sentiment that kind of kickstarted this whole debate and 
obviously, you know, a lot of Roisin Murphy's audience are LGBTQI plus people who, you know, that that's she's she has very con- she's very consciously marketed herself towards that demographic for a very long time. That is her like core fan base. And so to come out then and say like, look, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, you're sorry kind of thing or like I'm just expressing a legitimate concern. Um and really kind of like doubling down on like I'm I'm not open to I'm not open to having a conversation about this. I'm not open to having my mind changed about this. I'm not open to discussing this. I just believe like to say that like a huge aspect of trans culture is fucked and then to not enter into the conversation that you all, started that you started I'm now running away from the conversation um, that I myself is just created. It just seems so stubborn and arrogant to me. Um and then to kind of downplay how much of of that demographic actually makes up her audience and her fan base um you know and to be like well i make music for everyone and you know it just it just felt like she was really like kicking her fans and and not offering any real explanation and then to do a media press tour in the way that she's doing now and and to be doing interviews and to be refusing to talk about it again like there's an opportunity here for like i think such a healthy conversation because i think that a lot of the opinions that she has unfortunately are opinions that a lot of people have with regards to, you know, with regards to the trans issue. And I feel like through conversation, there's going to be a lot more light shown on this and, and like, we'll all benefit from that conversation. But she's not open to it at all, it seems. She wants to just wash her hands of it completely. And um, it's just really disappointing. Because I just, I, it, it, like, now she's got this entire new fan base who are you know, joining her in a sort of a sense of martyrdom and sort of, you know, the mum's standing net crew her. kind of thing. The, the, the mum's out crew. The mum's net crew. You know, yeah, the one where like kind of Glinner ended up going to. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. Like there's people on Twitter, you know, who are like, I've never been to a gig before, but I'll be at yours kind of thing. And I'll it's buy like, this oh, record well, in f- all five of them, please. I will say yeah. uh, the only thing I'll, I'll, I'll dispute there slightly is just, I, I'm, you know, I know we're talking casually, but like, you know, the use of the word entire, like, you know, because it's not like, you know, there are lots of people who are still supporting Roshi Murphy. Yes. Um, and, yeah. you know, two nights in the MP would, would attest to that, et cetera. And for some people, they just won't care about this whatsoever. I'm just curious, like, how do we feel about people who, you know, like, like do you think, you know, do we need to make a stand here? Like, should she be boycotted, et cetera? Because even like, it's a whole different thing, by the way, but Arcade Fire are playing a funeral in full next, or this year in Dublin, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I saw another nine put up a post about this and he was kind of saying like, you know, will you go? And, you know, mm-hmm. when, when Arcade Fire played last time, when Butler, when Butler had been accused in weeks prior of uh, numerous uh, instances of sexual misconduct um, mm-hmm. and Craig and I talked about it in depth if you want to go back to those older episodes just search for around the time when the Arcade Fire gigs happened and the corresponding No Encore episodes because we talked about it we were recording the night in one of the gigs and then we talked about it the week later and I'd actually interviewed Wim Butler in the weeks prior myself obviously not knowing any, any of what, what would come out via the Pitchfork investigation but Craig and I had a very kind of I think fulsome back and forth about that and about you know mm-hmm. moral responsibility or lack thereof and or, is it okay to go and you know blah blah blah, blah. like I mean Roshi Murphy, like, would you have a problem? You know, if one of your friends is like, I'm going to Roshi Murphy tomorrow, would you be like, uh, or like, let people do what they want? You know, like, like, like where do, you know, what, no, I guess I, what yeah, is the action I, or inaction to, to, to follow here? Because like I say, I don't want, you know, like, I don't want Roshi Murphy to be turned into, into a hate figure. I disagree no. with what she said, and I wish that she had more reserve to come back the second time and say, oh, no, listen, come here. You know, obviously, I, I've no problem with trans people, and if anything, I love them. But there was none of that, and there was yeah. no even, and by the way, you know, really sorry if I hurt a lot of people there. Um, and then, yeah, to kind of go the other way, like, you know, it's like, that's the side I'm on. But mm-hmm. I also don't want to demonize her necessarily. I just think no. it's, I think it's disappointing. 
It's disappointing and therefore you can only really bring your own personal, um, you can only really have your own personal standards with it, I think. And like, you know, I just don't think I could. It's interesting because it, it just reveals, like it's not even so much what she said, it's just what it reveals about her as a person. There's so many other layers to it because it reveals that she's able to just like dismiss a huge amount of her fan base instantly. And, and people, and like as societal people in general. You and know, people like a, in general, a, a that she's able to just like, that she feels she's above, that she feels that she is above like having to analyze or critically contextualize things that she says. And no, none of us are above that. If we say things that offend people, we, we have a fucking duty to like, interrogate those things and talk about those things and converse with each other as human beings and so it reveals a lot and I think look I'm not gonna like I'm sure I'm not gonna yuck someone else's yum like I'm sure there's people I know who are gonna go see her in the Olympia and like I know people who went to that arcade fire gig um you know like it is what it is sometimes people's connection to the music is just so deep maybe they fucking you know maybe they got married to this art to one of this artist's songs or maybe it helped them through a really dark depression or or through a sickness or whatever like i don't know like at the end of the day everyone do what you want um personally i have a hard time um i have a hard time separating it and i don't think i could enjoy a roshin murphy gig it's, it's yeah it just yeah until like it's just it just it just hangs there. This this will just hang there in the air for a long time for me. It's it's more heightened with me. I have a trans sister, like one of my siblings is transgender, and I, I have a very deep connection to, you know, trans issues because of it being directly linked to my family. And, you know, for me it's just like it's hard to, you know, it'll be hard to just go and have a bop. You know what I mean? Um Yeah, and it's 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 unfortunate, but you know. Yeah. It is what it is. It I, don't, is I, don't, yeah. I don't want her to have her career destroyed, yeah. you know, because it, like, it emboldens people, people will, as well. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. if you... Because people will come at you and be like, oh, you won't be fucking happy until she's, you know, like exactly. on the street. It's like, no, that's not what people want. It's not what I want. No. You want a reasonable situation. Like, like it's Absolutely. like, that's all you're asking for, really. You know? But the problem is that like J.K. Rowling's and, and the, you know... Aforementioned... Yeah, let's like, not say his fucking say, name. You know? But they'll say that like you know, it, no apology will ever be enough. And that like these keyboard warriors will only be happy when you're lying in the gutter covered in your own piss and blood. And there pure, are some people, there know. are some people, like I will, again, like there is that other like side of it as well where like there is an element of when people apologize for something, the apology tends to be round two. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, let's jump on the apology. And it can be anything from something trivial, something mm -hmm. this. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I thought Roshi Murphy's second apology, or it wasn't an apology, her second statement on the matter at the time wasn't great, but like, at all. Um, and some people kind of met with, with criticism, but some people did, like, like it's you're going to find extreme people, even on the side of the angels, like, who are just mm -hmm. like, they're really, like, I find that in the Notes app era of apologies, that's always red rag to a bull, I find, for the most part. But that's also just social media and people not understanding how to, like, you know, it's like we're in this room right now, I think, you know, we're having a conversation. Mm -hmm. You're not going to fucking charge at somebody, like, in this way, but online for some reason it's much more. And like I say, you know, yeah, I don't want to cross my wires here, them. but it's yeah. just, like, I think the whole thing lacks a certain level of humanity, ironically enough. Um, and yeah, it's, that's why, like, there definitely would be some people out there who would want Roshi Murphy to be out of a job forever. But like, again, yeah. I think yeah. as is so often the case in so many things, the truth is usually somewhere in the fucking middle. And sure. yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, sorry, not to jump. Yeah. Just, I, I just find that there are like, you know, sometimes I see people where I'm like, okay, calm down. <laughs> I'm like, this person is trying. Yeah. Uh, I think Rachel Murphy did fuck up and and the, and this new interview was, was, was a chance to maybe, you know, actually broaden it out or something. And but yeah. instead she was like, no, I'll give you a couple of lines and then move on. If I could make one recommendation um, for something that's related, um, 
I would recommend everyone go listen to The Wix Trials of J.K. Rowling, which is an amazing podcast that was created by um, one, of the, uh, one of the women who actually left the Westboro Baptist Church years ago. Um, and it's a series of like long interviews with J.K. Rowling, but also with people from the trans community, with people, you know, from the Harry Potter superfan community who became like really, you know, uh, disappointed and jaded. And it's a really, really extensive and well-rounded kind of uh, documentary series, um, podcast documentary series. And it, it was so illuminating to me. It shines so much light on sort of both sides of the argument. And like, I came away from it feeling like I understood everything better. Um, and I just think that the way that Megan Phelps Roper deals with it, she's the one who, who hosts the whole thing, is is stunning. It's like such, in, it's such good journalism, you know, because it, it, um, because she shows through that show that like the whole sharpening your pitchfork thing only serves to embolden the person on the other side of it and sort of make them further, you know, further cast them away from from their fan base or from ordinary people. And then it just becomes impossible to resolve, which is kind of what happened there. And I don't want to see that happen with, with Roisin Murphy or with anyone, you know? Yeah, totally fair. Um, listen, let's talk about something a, a, a lot less, you know, kind of <laughs> hot button issue, a lot less, you know, contentious. Brian May of Queen, right? You know, I saw this, I thought this was fucking hilarious. So, because Brian May, right? Everyone has this, everyone has this image of Brian May as this, you know, big haired, you know, nice man <laughs> who loves hedgehogs and stuff. You know, I contend that Brian May, right, is an absolute prick. And here's why. <laughs> Speaking of sharpening your picture for Because he, he's got a massive ego. This is the guy this is the guy, Bill. This is the guy. <laughs> this guy right here. This is the guy who, when he wanted the Queen film to like, he wanted Freddie Mercury to die halfway through the Queen movie, and the second half of the movie is Queen just getting on with yeah, it, going from strength to strength, being a success. Yeah. So, which I think is absolutely hilarious. The reason I mention him is because this week he was talking to a guitar, Total Guitar, um, and he said um, he never liked the mix of Under Pressure. Queen's smash hit with David Bowie, mm -hmm. which is a wonderful song, by the way. Amazing tune. Just incredible. Yeah. And its usage in the film Gross Point Blank is amazing. And its usage, of course, in the recent film After Sun mm -hmm. is also mm -hmm. absolutely devastating. Yeah. Um, basically, Brian May said that the original version of it sounded massively chord-driven, but that much of its heavy guitar was lost following David Bowie's input on the final mix. Gosh, mm -hmm. I wonder what Brian May's problem is here as the guitarist of Queen. Mm -hmm. um, May said that Under Pressure was the result of spontaneous late nights in the studio, with the initial cut featuring a pretty heavy backing track. At first, Brian May said he was, quote, beaming over the heavier guitar because it reminded him of The Who. He raised that comparison to David Bowie, who said, it's not going to sound like The Who by the time I've finished with it. <laughs> Brian May said, Bowie didn't want it's, it to be that way. It's going to sound like The Who's Brian May. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Brian May said the change were made because we all had different ideas of how it should be mixed, specifically naming Bowie and Queen frontman Freddie Mercury. Two men who can't answer for themselves, by the way, can't fight back mm -hmm. at this character assassination that's yeah, happening. Yeah, I love how he's waited, like, what, 30, 40 years to say <laughs> this? Oh, yeah, great job, Brian May. He says, mm. basically, it was Freddie and David fighting out in the studio with the mix, and what happened in the mix was that most of that heavy guitar was lost. He went on to reveal that he originally played the main riff of Under Pressure on electric guitar, but it was placed by the acoustic bits, which were done as a sort of a demo. And he goes, I never liked it, to be honest. Well, who cares? So many other people do. That's one of my fucking favourite songs yeah, of all time. Go it's listen like, to We Will Rock You then, Brian May. Yeah, or like, join the Who. Well, Get, join a fucking startup a cover band. Who well, cares? Well, he, like, says, he says, I do recognise that it works. It's a point of view. It's done very well. People love it. 
But he goes in live shows now. He said he performs under pressure quite a bit different to the released version, leaning into its more guitar-heavy origins. Cool. It's a lot heavier, and I think it benefits from it, he said. Now, this is my favourite bit. Looking back on the process, May said, it's probably the only time in my career that I bowed out because I knew it was going to be a fight. David was an awesome creative force, but you can't have too many awesome creative forces in the same room. It starts to get very difficult. Love how he subtly referred to himself as a fucking awesome creative force. On yeah. the same level as the David subte- Bowie and Freddie Mercury. Yeah, the subtext is <laughs> yeah. in all caps there. Like it's fucking unbelievable. I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were so gutted when he bowed out. Like it was probably like it was probably like an hour and a half before they even noticed he had left the room. The human equivalent um, of "Can I get more me?" Basically, yeah, you know. Look, I get it. He has a version that he likes, but. You know the the version that is out there is so perfect. I it's can't perfect. Ma- yeah. I haven't heard Brian May's Guitar Hero version. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't need to. It's a perfect song. Just accept it, yeah. Brian May. Deal with it. It's great. And look, if you're if you're throwing a bit of extra axe in for the live version, like of course you are, because you haven't got David Bowie and Freddie Mercury on stage. You need to fill up that space somehow. So shred away, you got Mr. Adam May. Lambert there. Uh, listen, okay, real quick on the classic rock front as well. Uh, what did Bohemian FC do this week, Adam? Uh, they announced a football jersey collaboration with Tin Lizzy. The Bows are back in town, Dave. Nice. Yes. Very nice. That's Adam. one of my favourite headlines I've ever written. In the, in it's the, very good. I've got a good one way. coming up after this, but that, um, that is a good one. Yeah, it's so it's a, it's a new collaboration between Bohemians and. Uh, Tin Lizzy in the latest it's the latest in a string of music related collaborations they've obviously famously done the Bob Marley uh, collaboration and they re- the, in recent years have done one with Fontaine's DC as well um, the jersey features is designed by Jim Fitzpatrick from the Black Rose album Inner Sleeve lyrics from the boys are back in town and an embroidered hem tag of an original concept poster for the gig in the lower front side 10% of profits from sales are to be given to music generation yeah which is yes. like to be fair to Bose, they always seem to, you know, their heart's always in the right place with things like these, it seems Definitely. to, you know, Definitely. D- there's always a nice cause yeah. to the side. You get like a Thin Lizzy logo, it looks cool, the jersey's gorgeous. The jersey's fantastic. White with purple Very trim. Very nice, yeah. yeah lovely. Really, really nice. Yeah. I'm not, I've never owned a football jersey in my life, but I was... Now's the time. Music Generation helps bring music to disadvantaged areas and isolated communities by means of education and workshops, it says here. That's correct. Is I mean, that correct? Also where I work. Yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, was and actually... Last, last uh, week's guest, <laughs> Kieran McGuinness, as well. <laughs> Genuinely, th- these are all happy accidents. Yeah. Uh, we're not being sponsored by anybody. Uh, how are you finding working with Music Generation? It's lovely. It's like probably the nicest job I've ever had in terms of like how just the good feeling that you get from teaching music to kids who like otherwise wouldn't have access to it. Um, they have a real appreciation for it and they're often coming from, you know, in some cases like we work with migrant centers and things like that. So like they're coming from really tough backgrounds, you know, um, and yeah, it's really it, like it sounds so cheesy, but it really has like made me sort of fall in love with the power of music again. Um, it's just lovely. And I get to be a big kid as well. And like I get to I get to sort of reconnect with like the part of myself that was a dumb, silly teenager, you know, learning Green Day songs and Led Zeppelin songs. Because that's, it's amazing. This like, Kids still want to learn all the stuff that I wanted to learn. This is like, you know, just like, make sure that under pressure stays the same yeah. way, okay? <laughs> yeah. Let's not encourage that's, some kind of fucking next week's some like, big um, league Brian May nonsense. Yeah. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. want that happening. No, no. It's, we turn the guitar off on that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a really lovely job. It's a great organization, music generation forever. Excellent, man. Um, um, I, I mentioned Adam did a great headline there. The bows are back in town. Thank uh, you very much. But Adam, my headline for this Let, next story. Let's go for it then. Let him cook. Bad Bunny reveals alternative <laughs> career path. 
And what was that alternative career path, Dave? Uh, culinary arts. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Bad yeah. Bunny, the absolute megastar from Puerto Rico. WWE. Uh, WWE superstar, yeah. legend. Yeah. Um, he said, I saw cooking as something creative because, sure, there are recipes, but there's also the opportunity to craft your own dishes, to create your own flavor. Uh, always had his heart on creating music since he was young, but did say that if, if that didn't work out, he had another dream, and that was to get in, get in the kitchen. You know? Who knows? I think, like... Who knows what we could have had? Cre- credit to him. Like, it's fantastic. I love it, personally, myself. So I can see where... You love cooking? I love cooking, yeah. Really do. Um, so I can see where it, you know, comes from. It's you great. Cook? You good? <laughs> and you can be creative. Are you, you know? uh, like, is, are you like a nobody beats him in the kitchen kind of guy? Uh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that now. I can hold my own and I can, you know, I feel like I can be quite experimental and, you know, I, I can uh, take some risks, but I, sometimes they don't pay off. So. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not a, I, I don't know how to cook, really. Basics, you no. know? Yeah, and it's not really like, you know, it's, it's depressing, but you know, that's just, you know. Yeah, that's my that's my sad admission on, I, I on Valentine's like, Day. You can yeah. love it or hate Make it. Make a dinner on Valentine's Day, like Tan and Felix. Um, <laughs> what's, and, your, what's your take on it, Mark? Uh, I don't. I've never heard Bad Bunny, <laughs> but I do <laughs> you're, like you're cooking. missing out. <laughs> <laughs> bad Bunny thumbs down, like, cooking thumbs up. Yeah. Listen, that's uh, all. I, that, that's, listen to bad Bunny. That's all. Do I need enjoy to hear. cooking food. That's all I need to hear. Uh, lastly, <laughs> in the news section, uh, I was going to mention that the Libertines uh, had a bit of an enjoyable moment when they were filming something and playing pool, and somebody played them a Simpsons AI song yes. of "Don't Look Back in the Sun," and they were like, "What the fuck is that?" But this is just an excuse to cue into the top five and actually play a bit of the AI Simpsons thing. A bit of a phenomenon that emerged mm. late last year when someone has used Homer Simpson's voice to uh, do popular songs. And I, I hate the AI thing, especially in this kind of instance, but this I think this is my kryptonite. This is the one I actually think is okay. Mm-hmm. So let's have Homer Simpson, shall we, sing a classic song from the year 2006. Like, why is it so sad? Like, it's solemn and it's melancholic and beautiful. And beautiful. also, like, he's really going for it. And also, like, I will say, like, his not a million miles off Liam Gallagher with his... <laughs> it's so good. There's a bit of a British inflection coming through at times there. British invasion. But, like, as we will talk about a lot in this top five... Um, yes. It's top five Simpsons songs, everybody. It's what it says on the tin. Yeah. Songs that have appeared in The Simpsons. All original creations from my end. Maybe you've picked a contemporary that they worked with, but, you know, I'm going for... Songs originated within the show's parameter, you know. I've I've got some some parodies. Okay, that's fine. A lot of their a lot of their songs are 
our parodies of like yeah the top know, five but, as you should know if you listen to the show regularly if you don't maybe you're brand new maybe you saw Simpsons maybe you know I don't know you could be anybody we're, you're very welcome by the way and it is of course patreon.com slash no encore if you want to throw a fiver to us and you can get the episode a day early and just generally support this independent show that could The Simpsons is of course a popular animated show that began life on the Tracy Ullman show back in the day and it's been going for many 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 years in fact it's still going I think like yep. most of us we probably all tapped out around season 10 11 or 12 or even before then mm. Apparently it's come back to form, but I don't know if I'll ever find that out. There's, mm. It's still going. It's still a going concern. But, you know, the the popular, uh, I guess, consensus is that it had a golden run for quite some time. Mm-hmm. That's certainly where I've picked my songs from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, do you love The Simpsons? Uh, do you love their musical stylings? I adore it. I absolutely adore it. Um, making this top five has been such a nice way of reconnecting with my love for those first, you know, maybe eight or seasons. Mm. Um yeah, it's. Uh, I think it formed like my. I think it formed ninety percent of my sense of humor. <laughs> um, I think like my, my. I learned to love from the Simpsons. Like it's a sh- like it has so much heart. It really does. Even like even these five songs I picked tonight. Like there's moments in them that make the hair stand up on the back of my neck and like genuinely give me like a little lump in my throat every time I hear them. Like it has. Yeah. Um, I guess as a little preamble to like uh, before we get into the music on it, like but th- that specifically talks about the music. Um, it was Alf Clausen who who did um, the vast majority, pretty much all of the music, right up until a couple of years ago when he was fired. Um, <laughs> he's a genius, and um, and he actually did the theme song for Alf, which is interesting because his name is Alf. Uh, Alf was the show he worked on before The Simpsons. What does but Alf he, stand for, everybody? Remember Alf? Alien Life Force? Alien Life Form. Oh, so, so close. close. So close. Can't give you the points. Um, but uh, yeah, so basically he had like worked, he was like a gigging sort of like uh, composer working in TV um, and uh, in, in the late 80s, uh, Alf was cancelled or came to an end. He decided he didn't want to work in TV anymore. He wanted to go off and do films. And if he was going to work in TV, he wanted to do like serious dramas. Someone put him in touch with Matt Groening and the guys from The Simpsons. Um, he took the meeting even though he had like no interest in it but he was like he hadn't worked in like seven months and he was kind of desperate they were like do you want to do this animated series he was, he said no um, I have no interest in doing a comedy I have no interest in doing an animated series and they were saying well we want it to sort of have the look of a comedy and uh, you know but we but we want it we want the music to be dramatic we want we want the storylines and the music to be heavily inspired by drama. And I think that kind of perfectly sums up The Simpsons because it is, it's 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 one of the funniest shows ever made, but the storylines are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, like I'm sure you can think of innumerable episodes where... Homer looking at the stars after yeah, his mother goes that's away. That's the first one that comes fucking to mind. destroys me. And like, yeah. uh, Homer, like, again, when you're when you're a kid, Bart Simpson's the coolest thing of all time. Mm-hmm. Homer's funny, but well, that's about it. When you get older, you realize the pathos of Homer's unbelievable. And I've always said mm-hmm. he's my favorite character in anything ever, any work of fiction, anything, because uh, he's a bad husband, he's a bad father, he's a bad friend, he's a bad employee, but you never want to see harm come to him ever. Yes. Uh, you just yeah. want to hug the guy. He's and incredible. he has no badness in him there's no malice yeah yeah, yeah. like like I mean like it, it, which I think along the way the more the show went on maybe they kind of dropped that ball by accident mm. but yeah he's innocent yes. and he's just like he's dumb Dumb, but he's but he's such he is he's such Has a, his moments as such well, a big yeah. heart like like it's just like he really is and he's so vulnerable and mm-hmm. even little things that you see like every now and then someone's like you know oh my god like the, like someone did like a montage of like Homer and his little reading glasses 
Yeah. Like, his, like <laughs> it's just the cutest thing. Uh, he does like all these things, and it's just oh my god! Like it's just so he's childlike. He's just yeah, he's amazing. Mm. It's those episodes are the ones that absolutely stay with you absolutely because you just mm-hmm. like you're just like please like you know I want it to be okay for him. Yeah, you know, yeah. like so the Maggie reveal, you know, do it for her, all the kind of stuff. You're like oh my god, yeah. It's yeah, just beautiful, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. I, doing this top five has made me want to go and watch it all over again. Up, I actually up, listened. Up as as season eight, right? I listened to the last episode of No Encore. Um, I, I guess as like revision before I came on today. The last one that I had guested on, mm-hmm. which was or well, no, I don't know if it was the last one, but it was just one of them. Whichever one came up first when I searched, and it was. Um, we opened the show talking about The Simpsons that time. Nice. And I was I was reminiscing about a gag that I had seen just like the night previous where <laughs> I'm going to sell it again because he even listened to it today. He cracked me I up. can't remember. So like, as well. Homer is like looking at a newspaper. He sees an ad for a free wig. Yeah. <laughs> he like, and then he just goes, wow, free wig. And he imagines himself wearing a wig and it's like, and the wig is like Marge Simpson's hair. <laughs> and he's looking at himself I in the mirror. You, he's looking at himself in the mirror. He's like, I love you, homie. And then he kind of comes out of his thought. And he's like, hey, I don't need her at all anymore fucking unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable just so good but we could crack Simpsons references all day instead we're going to we crack will. some tunes uh, yeah. well I go first because it means that you get to finish you could like sure. you get to put yeah, the cherry yeah, I've on got top. a nice finisher Okay. There's going to be, there's definitely going to be some overlap in this. I Probably, feel. I will say off the top of the bat here. By the way, uh, I did leave some very obvious ones out because one potential for crossover but also I wanted to pick some ones that maybe don't get enough love yeah me too I've got some big hitters but there's yeah. definitely like some of the like the most obvious ones for me are not here which does not mean that they're not amazing yeah we can maybe yeah. review later on because I don't know what Mark's picked he doesn't know what I picked yes uh, here's one that I think is fucking amazing and I went through a weird phase when I was living in Richard Chambers where I just kept singing it and I think he's like well, every night we, we just like pass you in the hall and just like sing a bit of this it's fucking great uh, one that you d- I had no clue what this was about when I was a kid and now when I'm older I'm like this is genius uh, number five for me please Adam Hey, who left all this garbage on the steps of Congress? I'm not garbage. I'm an amendment to be, yes, an amendment to be. And I'm hoping that they'll ratify me. There's a lot of flag burners who have got too much freedom. I want to make it legal for policemen to beat them, cause there's limits to our liberties. At least I hope and pray that there are Cause those liberal freaks go too far Why can't we just make a law against flag burning? Because that law would be unconstitutional But if we change the constitution Then we could make all sorts of crazy laws Now you're catching on What the hell is this? It's one of those campy 70s throwbacks that appeals to Generation Xers We need another Vietnam to thin out their ranks a little What if people say you're not good enough to be in the constitution? Then I'll crush all opposition to me And I'll make Ted Kennedy pay If he fights back, I'll say that he's gay Good news, Amendment, they ratified ya You're in the U.S. Constitution Oh, yeah! Doors open, boys! (laughs) Oh, wow. Cause those liberal freaks go too far. (laughs) It's the amendment song. (laughs) So obscure. Uh, A Memphis-style parody of the Schoolhouse Rock song, uh, I'm Just a Bill. Uh, They actually used the original singer from that song. This guy called Jack Sheldon. Uh, Great voice. This is used, uh, it's on the episode The Day Day the Violence Died, and this is used as a replacement for Itchy and Scratchy on the Crossy the Clown show in the episode, apparently, which always reminds me of one 
of the best gags of all time when like the Krusty the Clown show loses the rights to Itchy and Scratchy for some reason. Oh yeah, and he's like, "All right, kids, it's time for uh, Eastern Europe's favorite cat and mouse team, Worker and Parasite." And oh, it's this yeah. absolutely insane clip. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, another one that was totally lost on me as a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just like, I was like, rah, rah, rah. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no, but this song, I swear to God, I don't know what it was about this, but like. I just became obsessed with it a couple of years ago. <laughs> I picture you in the shower, like. Oh, uh, 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 man, I, I'm not kidding. Last night I was brushing my teeth, right? And literally, I literally was like, as I as I was again, like I would walk around the house when I was living with Richard, and like I'd be like, I'd walk by him, and I'd be like, and I'm hoping that they're out of me. It's fucking amazing. It's so melodic and weird. The music is horrendous, um, and like that, like horrible, like guitar, like solo at the end. It's gross. Uh, his it's voice is amazing. On, it's so funny. It works in so many layers. It's absolutely brilliant. The, the lyrics are absolutely incredible. I adore it. And it's just, yeah, it's stuck in my head forever. And I do remember as well when, uh, it was around the, like this time a couple of years ago when like, remember Pitchfork came along and they were like, hey, we're, we're re-reviewing some old albums that we felt the scores were a bit off. Mm-hmm. And they were like, and now, you know, this album has this score. And I was like, on Twitter, I was like really annoyed about it. And I was like, you know, but if we change the pitchfork rating system, then we can make all sorts of crazy oh, reviews. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I love this song. It needs more love. And yeah, it's just so much fun. It's so much fun. That's it's my number brilliant. That's my number five. Yeah, I didn't understand that one at all as a kid. Wanna uh, make uh, it like, legal for policemen yeah. to beat them. <laughs> oh, so good. Um okay. Complete change of uh, tone now for my number five. Um this is another parody, uh, not a parody of a specific song, but a parody of a character, a beloved character uh, in children's literature and film. Um, and this is just a beautifully sweet, yet, um, I don't know, dark interpretation of that character and that world. Okay, hit it. Buy me a beer, two bucks a glass. Come on, help me, I'm freezing my ass. Buy me brandy, a snifter of wine. Who am I kidding? I'll drink turpentine. Move it, you truck. Or I'll blast your rear end. I found two bucks. Then come in, my friend. And so let us leave on this heartwarming scene. Can I be a booze hound? Not. Till you're 15. There's the emotional Homer Simpson that we know and love so, so dearly. Yeah, that was a, a booze hound named Barney from the Sherry Bobbins episode <laughs> of The Simpsons, which is a kind of a parody of Mary Poppins. Um, that was a booze hound named Barney, uh, a song. A lot of a lot of the songs in The Simpsons are about beer. <laughs> uh, and I definitely have not finished including beer in my... In Good, because there's it's one in happen that, again. Yeah, that I'm expecting. So. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think like, it's just so sweet. Like that, like, like, I don't know how they got away with these jokes, first of all, because it feels like nowadays you just couldn't, you couldn't like encourage a 15 year old to be an alcoholic 
on like a you know a show that airs at like 6 p.m <laughs> <laughs> but like that stuff happens so much um yeah the whole sherry bobbins thing uh i i didn't really like it that much as a kid and as i've come back to it um in recent years doesn't I she see get that it's hilarious sucked into a jet engine at the end when she's like flying oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah, yeah. it's actually it's really a background dark gag. yeah it's yeah. so dark like. yeah it's a really dark episode which it doesn't really come across when you first see it as a child you're just kind of like oh this is just like mary this bobbins mary poppins yeah exactly um yeah it's brilliant um i love barney so much as a character like i love the I love when they make Barney sensitive, um, like his short film that he makes in the Film Fest episode. Yeah, like when, we, when we see these like hidden depths. Uh, Don't cry for Barney. me. Yeah, I'm already <laughs> dead. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the rose. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that one. But yeah, no, it's a good I one. It. Yeah, the Sherry Bobbins thing. It is. It's darker than you than than you anticipate when you're a child. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, right, number four for me. Actually, kind of fits in I mean with the whole substance abuse situation that The Simpsons <laughs> seems to lean into quite often mm-hmm. so uh, let's go for number four please it's a jaunty trip uh, let's let's hear it Chicken, a musical journey through the Betty Ford Center you know when I was a girl I always dreamed of being in a Broadway audience how do you find the defender He's guilty of mayhem, exposure, indecent. Freaked out behavior, both chronic and recent. Drinking and driving, narcotics possession. And that's just page one of his ten-page confession. I should put you away where you can't kill or maim us. But this is L.A. and you're rich and Checking in, checking in. I'm checking in. Checking in. No more pills or alcohol. No more pot or Demerol. No more stinking fun at all. I'm checking in. He's checking in. He's checking in. No more looking pale and thin. No more bugs beneath your skin. Hey, that's just my aspirin. Chuck it out, your champion. When I grow up, I want to be in the Betty Ford Center. Better start saving now. It's very expensive. Shh, they're strapping down Liza Minnelli. Amazing. That one also ends with Bart saying that he wants to be an addict when he grows up. <laughs> it's checking in uh, from Kicking It, a musical journey through the Betty Ford Center that the family go and see when they're in New York in the episode. If I could interrupt briefly, I'd like to think this is my influence here, that this has made it in because it's so good. It's my favorite one of all time. And like when you mentioned it to me the first time, I was like, it's got to be checking in, right? I was like, and got- I did say I was yeah. not going to include it, and then I see I had one. I will say I bumped. I was going to go with uh, "Under the Sea," but it's only two lines. Oh yeah, it's great. It, that's <laughs> in the one. Where, yeah, <laughs> that's the one where Homer is accused of sexual harassment, <laughs> and it makes it to like television, and they're watching it in the house, and like they air like a, the the you know Mr. Simpson, no, oh, and like yeah. he's like, oh, sweet, he, sweet, candy. and he's just like yeah, you know, oh, like, brother, babies at her home, and then like he goes like, uh, he goes, all right, Marge, kids, he's like, go upstairs and pack your things. We're going to start our new 
lives under the sea. <laughs> and then it cuts to like the Little Mermaid whole thing where he eats all the... But the line when he goes, there'll be no accusations, accusations just friendly crustaceans under the sea. <laughs> and the best part is like... And that goes back at the end. He's on the couch and he's like mid-song. And like Marge just goes, Homer, that's your answer to everything. Move under the sea. It's not going to happen. Anyway, look, fucking... Uh, yes. This is uh, from the city of New York versus Homer Simpson, which is a great episode. Yes. Clank a lash. Yes. <laughs> no balls, stick, stick. <laughs> no Mountain Dew, only cra- or was it crab, crab juice, juice or Mountain Dew? Oh, oh, I'll take crab, crab juice. juice. <laughs> the first time, oh man, this episode's gonna be unlistenable. <laughs> the first time I saw that, I was fucking in bits. Mm. And that's also like when he's on the bus and he's like, Ugh! and then he goes, he's like, goes stretch his legs, and he's like, Marge, I can't feel my legs, I can't feel my legs. And she's like, Homer. Those legs belong to the man behind you. <laughs> the big tall guy sitting behind him. The bit at the end when they're yes. driving away and they've all had a great time except for Homer who's had like the worst time of his yeah. life and it's like, can we come back next time, Dad? And he's like, we'll see. And a, like a bag of like garbage just <laughs> medical waste face. just <laughs> burst in his face. They had to cut out the, remember they had the Twin Towers guy they had to cut that out after. Yeah, it didn't air. But yes, it, it didn't air for years after 9-11. I yeah. remember just because I was so in sync like with like they used to just show it season by season and uh, on TV and I'd be like, oh, it's coming up and then it just wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't happen. happen. Yeah, Is that yeah. the bit where he like has to go from one terror to, to the other? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like one yeah. toilet. Yeah. And there's like people shouting at each other from, from yeah, but the, the clav collage guy, oh my God, yeah. It's yeah, fucking... that's like, uh, there's oh. tears in my face. Right <laughs> yeah. No so, ball sticks. Yeah. It's fucking unbelievable. I'm like just shoving in his face. Anyway, the oh. musical bit here won an Annie Award for Outstanding Individual Achievement for Music in an Animated Television Production and an Emmy yes. Award for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Music and Lyrics in 1998. Yeah. Uh, they say here that the titular character featured in the musical is most likely a direct reference parody of Julian Wells, played by Robert Downey Jr. in the film Less Than oh. Zero, which is based on a novel by... Brett Easton Ellis. Correct. That is correct. Quiz. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's my number four. Yeah, that song has like... So they had... A, they, they Alf Clausen, again, the, the composer, had access to a... I think it was a, like a full 35-piece orchestra for every episode. That's incredible. So like you can hear... like, And that's such a big part of the sound of The Simpsons. It's like yeah. that, that orchestral... Yeah. Just... <clears throat> there's all this like Dixieland jazz and like old kind of Broadway stuff yeah, going on. Yeah, Broadway's like, like a huge... Like that big band kind of yeah. feels... Like it just... it's. You got all the horns, you got all the strings, yeah. you got all the like big drums, the timpani, like yeah. all of that stuff. The it's, stuff that like Family Guy just straight up ripped, ripped off when it yeah. did the <laughs> yeah. when it did the theme song. It's so good. It gives it such a unique signature as a, as an animated series. I like, will say, sorry, like because like Family Guy, like I, again, I tapped out so much quicker than that than I did in The Simpsons. But I do remember loving the first three seasons on it for a time, and I thought it was genuinely hilarious. Yeah, but there is a great early Family Guy gag where it's like. It's like the Adult Entertainment Awards or something, and it's like, and the award, it's like the nominees for best, you know, original porn score are, and it's like Ron Jones, and it's like a guy in his room on like a bass guitar, it's like, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. and then it's like you know, John Stevens, and there's another guy who's like you know there, and he's just like doing the same thing like with the keyboard, like these sleazy yeah. lads in like a CD room, yeah. and it goes, and John Williams, and it cuts to John Williams like of like Mad Star Wars, Wars and Indiana Jones, and it's like, and like this like fucking like seventy five people in an orchestra amazing it's so good yeah. like Family Guy definitely had some good, had, had some moments. great moments it did yeah, have its for moments sure, yeah, for but, sure anyway that's my number um, four on the best Simpson songs list nice one well speaking of a great moment uh, here is an important moment for I think pretty early on uh, in oh sorry in the Simpsons um, 
This is uh, in reference to something that was becoming a bit of a trend, I think, amongst uh, celebrities in America at the time. Um, and this, yeah, okay, I, I have no more to say in the preamble. <laughs> Go for it. I wanted to do something to help that boy, so I called my good friend Sting. He said, Krusty, when do you need me? I said, Thursday. He said, I'm busy Thursday. I said, what about Friday? He said, Friday's worse than Thursday. Then he said, how about Saturday? I said, fine. True story. There's a hole in my heart as deep as a well for that poor little boy who's stuck halfway to hell. Though we can't get him out, we'll do the next best thing. And go on TV and sing, sing, sing. And we're sending our love down the well. All the way down. We're sending our love down the well. Down that well. Grusty. What are your plans for the royalties? Well, we gotta pay for promotion, shipping, distribution. You know, those limos out back, they aren't free. Whatever's left, we throw down the well. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Sending our love down the well. Yes, sending our love down the well from the Timmy O'Toole fell down the well episode yeah. in which Bart drops a walkie-talkie down a well. Uh, everyone in the town thinks that uh, he pretends to be a little boy called Timmy O'Toole who's fallen down the well. It sort of captures the generosity and the spirit of everyone in the town. Um, and I guess as a direct parody to what was happening with um, USA for Africa um, with Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson and uh, Lionel Richie and all the guys doing yeah. that big charity single. And um, subject to a, Band-Aid as well. Like, subject you know, to a, a documentary. Well, this is why I wanted to put this song in because oh, yeah. I watched the documentary it was over the, the weekend. The Greatest Night in Pop. The Greatest yeah. Night in Pop. Yeah. It is so much fun. Okay. It is such a great watch because like looking at, like there's so many little micro moments that happen. Like they've got like, like Bob Dylan is like having, is on the brink of a panic attack for the entire <laughs> recording session. And it's like an eight hour recording session. It goes all through the night after a big award. Cer- they have a, Lionel Richie's hosting this big award uh, ceremony in Los Angeles, the American Music Awards. Everyone, all the most famous people in America are in town that night. So they have to do it that night because it's the only time they're going to get everyone. Everyone's <laughs> exhausted. Like Lindsay Buckingham is out of his mind on coke. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like Lindsay White. Um, and like he's only in it for like a, a split second, but his eyes are just like <laughs> saucers. And um, it's just it's it's so wild, like to see the biggest stars in the world all just hanging out in a studio together, recording through the night. Like they recorded until like eight a.m. <laughs> they had to just go and go and go, and they were like doing like trying to get like you know they wanted to get like everyone to do their parts in a circle and get it in one take. So it just goes like, you know, it's almost like a game, like they're going along and like Stevie Wonder starts it and then Paul Simon jumps in and then Tina Turner jumps in and then um, and like it gets to this guy. I don't really know who this guy is, but he keeps messing it up because he's drunk. <laughs> so they just have to keep starting again and again and again. And then you've got like Huey Lewis, like waiting for like the big kind of like Bono bit, like the big oh, yeah. shouty emotional payoff <laughs> bit. And he like never gets to do it because it just keeps like stopping before it gets to him and I would encourage anyone who like just enjoys fly on the wall music documentaries to to watch this thing. It is it is a riot. It's it's so entertaining. Uh, I should as well note that yeah, like this is obviously a, a wonderful parody of that kind of thing and the band aid thing. And like I love it how in uh, in the moment you see them in the studio and like 
just little things like Krusty giving it socks the way he is there. Like he's really going for those those, yes. those individual bits. And like Rainier Wolfcastle, like with his hand on the side of the headphones, yes. like you know, all sincere. But I love how like, you know, it's just like the the wide shot of all of them and it's like Dr. Marvin Monroe, the capital city goofball is there yes. and they all have their hands yeah. like 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 around each other and they're like doing like the kind of the big thing. It's incredible. Also uh crossover collection. This is my number two. You've uh, you've stolen my number two because this is in my top five in oh. the in the silver medal spot. So, yeah. um, but I'm happy to share it with you, man, uh, because it's an incredible, incredible one. Is it just me or does Sting sound a bit like Paul Noonan at the start of that? <laughs> like, am I am in I wrong? In many ways, Paul Noonan is Ireland's proto Sting. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's very handsome man, <laughs> yep. beloved by all. He just hasn't said as much problematic things, or or you know, he, he's he's kept his integrity. That's true. And also, um, well, uh, welcome back to the World Houseplants, who put out a new song there, and they've announced some gigs. Yeah, all kinds yeah, of things yeah, are yeah. happening. They're yeah, nice. LCD. No pushover is the name of the song. It's really really good. Nice LCD vibe off it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, big yeah. time. Cool video as well. Yes, they're cooler than Sting. Let's be fair. Um, and I love how in the world of the Simpsons that this song becomes a US number one hit, but only stays at the top for a week. Drops mm-hmm. down to 97 after the whole hoax is revealed. So, yeah, it's great. I love that little yeah. Ken Brockman interview at the end there as well. What are you going to do with the money, Krusty? Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> distribution and promotion and... Uh, Whatever is left, left, we just throw down the well. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, number three for me, then, uh, is this, which is, you know, an all-time classic. Help the humans about to escape. Get your paws off me, you dirty ape. <gasps> he can talk. He can talk, 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 he can talk. I can sing. Oh, help me, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. What's wrong with me? I think you're crazy. Want a second opinion? You're also lazy. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Can I play the piano anymore? Of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. This play has everything. Oh, I love legitimate theater. Yes, it is. Dr. Zayas uh, from the Planet of the Apes parody musical uh, with Troy McClure. Rest in peace, uh, Phil Hartman, by the way. The greatest rest in power, Phil Hartman. Mm. Uh, Stop the Planet of the Apes, I Want to Get Off. And it is, of course, parodying the song Rock Me Amadeus by Falco. Yes, and I which I've the- never heard. Like, oh, so, wow. like so many of the <laughs> Simpsons parodies. Like, There's yeah. so many things that you like discover in the Simpsons and then find the original find the real thing yeah, oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. um I remember like the, the the one like there's so many great bits in that thing but like I love the one shot of like one of the apes who like just starts break dancing like in yeah. the middle of it <laughs> like it's like uh, so uh, into piece I read in Vulture they did like kind of a an oral history of this whole bit um and like producer and writer Josh Weinstein and David X Cohen were talking and Josh Weinstein said we used to joke all the time about the song Rock Me Amadeus uh, it was a running joke in the early 90s among me uh, and our friends who did news radio. Between the three of us, we constantly would say things like, thank you, Amadeus. After we came with the idea of a Planet of the Apes musical, I said randomly, thank you, Dr. Zayas. Maybe someone else might have said it. I don't want to claim full credit for it, but someone said it like the Rock Me Amadeus song and it clicked in and people started pitching lyrics. Uh, David Cohen says it's his favorite part. Uh, you know, a lot going on, all fits together semi-perfectly or sort of. I'm just remembering how I giddily enjoyed the Dr. Zayas part when we were writing it. 
Josh Weinstein says, I know David Cohen had one of the best Simpsons lines ever, which is, I hate every ape I see, from chimpanzee mm. to chimpanzee. So good. And David Cohen says, no doubt I was going through the different types of apes in my mind, trying to think of a funny rhyming lyric. Probably I gave up on orangutan and moved on. I certainly didn't pitch it thinking it was a high point in the development of human or ape culture. My recollection is I thought it was pretty good and had a decent chance of going into the script, but it wasn't a sure thing. And that kind of speaks to my thing I always say about The Simpsons at the the height of its powers. Think about the jokes that they threw out. Think about the writer's room and what ended up in the bin Mm -hmm. then. Man, the standards were so fucking high. And it's the fact that they double, it's the fact that every joke is immediately followed by an even superior joke. Yeah. Like they have this rule where it's like, you know, um, like every, it's like that improv comedy thing of just like, yeah, and, and then, and then, and then, like the, like that, I can, that kind of asking the doctor, can I play the piano anymore? Um, or no, not the piano. What was it? Um, I want a second opinion. I, I, yeah, what yeah. is it? What's wrong with me? I think you're crazy. I want, I want a, a second, second opinion. opinion. You're also lazy. Yeah. Like, that's so good. That's just so smart. Like, it's so dumb. But like, just like, how do you think of that? You know, yeah. like, it's, it's brilliant. Like, this, the attention to detail is just incredible. Um, that's such a great song. I kind of had a feeling you'd pick it, so I didn't pick it. I'm glad, yeah. Because um, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of, it's just, it was too heavyweight for me to leave out. And I left out some heavyweight stuff, so. Amazing, All amazing. Right. There's another great Planet of the Apes uh, honourable mention, which is, um, I, I only watched a clip of it today, but it's, uh, uh, Homer's like making a speech about something and he's like, Oh, he's going into space. He's going into space. And he's like, they're like, aren't you worried about being, having no qualifications and getting sent into space? And he's like, I think it's going to be fine unless they send us to that planet of the apes. And then he goes, wait a minute. Statue, Statue of Liberty? Liberty? That was our planet. <laughs> you blew it up. You maniacs. You maniacs. <laughs> just, see, it's all about, like everything in it is a reference to media. And I guess yeah. it comes from a time where we've had more of a sort of a monoculture where everyone was watching the same stuff. Mm. It just, I just don't think it can work anymore more because because we're not we don't have those like moments where everyone is tuned into the television session yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway uh, for my number three uh, here is another beautiful melancholic song about beer well beer we've had some great times when I was 17 I drank some very good beer I drank some very good beer I purchased with a fake ID My name was Brian McGee I stayed up listening to Queen When I was 17 Ah... Yes, Dave. I think that I got my hand up. Uh, I'm delighted you picked this one because it just got bummed from my list today. Great. So um, I'm glad it made it in. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. I think the underrated bit at the end is him as he's pouring the can into the sink and he's just shedding a tear. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so sad. Also, he's like, you know, a fake ID. My name was Brian McGee. And like the photo on the ID <laughs> versus what he looks like. It's astonishing. Completely different. It's yeah. crazy. He's got like long hair. He's about like 55. It's fucking amazing. It's... Why is he giving up beer again? Just a kind of a health kick, I guess. I think, I think it's a money thing, isn't it? Okay. They're like, they're going through really tight times financially. Um, maybe it's to pay for Lisa's horse or pony or something. Maybe, yeah. It ends but he's with, just pouring the cans of duff down the sink. Yeah, like it's fucking yeah. miserable. And it's, it's, obviously a par- <coughs> it's obviously a parody of a very famous Frank Sinatra track called uh, It Was a Very Good Year. Um, and I actually was listening to that track earlier and looking at the YouTube comments because the, the melody is so nostalgic and so sad and so filled with like regret 
memory and like reminiscence and regret. And like the top comment on the YouTube video for the Frank Sinatra oh, I can't one, wait for it's this. like, it's like. <clears throat> I buried my, my father this morning. It's to very this. similar. Yeah. It's very similar. It's very similar. It's like it's a, a man saying like when I was 12 years old, my father took me for a drive in his pickup truck. This song came on and a single tear shed down his face. It played today on the radio and now I understand. I am 75 years old. Oh my god. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love the YouTube comments so much. They're it's the best. Almost, it is just It's the, the most like, earnest corner of the, of the internet it really is the second one is like every um, song you can imagine I guarantee if you go on to Stained it's been a while it really will be like me and the boys we used to punk off school and listen to this last yeah, week you. last yeah. week they brought two of those boys home in body bags it's just yeah. gonna be like what the fuck like yeah. it's these insane turns yeah yeah it's it's um, yeah it's just so so beautiful the, another one was like um, you know I understand this song more now than ever before my wife is in heaven I'm sure I'll be with her soon. Oh you know, it's just like, God. yeah, so like, but stunning. It's so beautiful. And I think Dan Castellana, I think I'm saying his name right there. Castellaneta, maybe? Castellaneta. Yeah, it's one of those he's, ones. He's so good at putting him up. He's a, such a wonderful singer. He's like <laughs> such a great singer, even when he's not AI. And he's, he's so good at putting emotion yeah. into his performance. Like you can really feel. I stayed up listening to Queen. Yeah. When I was seven. I believe everything he says. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a perfect take. Like it's gold, liquid gold, um, Duff beer gold. It's fantastic. It's a really short track, but I, I love it so much. It makes me feel things. Um, and <laughs> makes me feel feelings. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Dave? What's your number well, two? Well, my number two was Sending Our Love Down the Well, so we're going to have to skip past that and, I guess, stay with you for Oh, okay, for okay, okay, cool. Well, I mean, I'd happily just listen to it again, but I feel like we're heading Down for a very long well. episode. Ah, oh, listen, it's all good. Uh, okay, cool. I'm going to jump straight back in then with another absolute classic. Um, how do I tee this one up? Um, this is from an episode in which the gang are parodying 101 Dalmatians. Here it is. Some men hunt for sport, others hunt for food. The only thing I'm hunting for is an outfit that looks good. See my vest. See my vest made from real gorilla chest. Feel this sweater. There's no better than authentic Irish setter. See this hat. It was my cat. My evening wear. Vampire bat. These white slippers are albino. African endangered rhino. Grizzly bear underwear. Turtle's necks. I've got my share. Beret of poodle on my noodle. It shall rest. Try my red robin suit. It comes one breast or two. See my vest, see my vest, see my vest. Na na na, na na na, na na na. Alright! Sorry, you gotta admit it's catchy. <laughs> I think like I think my favorite one like I, I'm not sure if it was in the clip there but I love when he's like see my loafers former gophers yeah I know I, I, I just felt bad putting in so many long clips because like in yeah. many cases I'm putting in the entire track here with that one I just cut it down but it really see my best yeah Mr. See Burns. my best, Mr. Burns talking about how he is go he he's taken in um what is it, two dozen and one Dalmatians? Like 25 Dalmatians? Oh, Greyhounds. Uh, or Greyhounds. Yeah, Greyhounds. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, racing that, like, dogs. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, Santa's Little Helper has, has given birth, or Santa's Little Helper's uh, partner. 
spouse has it's given long birth term to partner. She's the fastest. She's called because remember Homer, she's the fastest. Well right done. To, and like it's like Marge is like or Homer's like Marge. We can't lose. Uh, he's conspiratorial. Yeah. He's like Marge. We can't lose. He's like look at the name of the horse I bet or the, the dog I bet on. Yes. And then Marge's like she's the fastest. Homer, I don't think that really mean. And it's like and they're off. And yeah. she's the fastest. <laughs> is taking an yeah. early lead yeah. here. Always like, come second. It's in second place. Uh, <laughs> and struggling behind is it? Like, You're looking. You're beautiful, Marge. <laughs> I love him so much he's wonderful he's so wonderful but yeah oh, so God. she's the fastest has given birth to 25 little greyhounds which Mr. Burns has taken in and this is the moment at which we discover that Mr. Burns' plans for these 25 little greyhounds uh, involve fashioning um, what is it specifically that he wants to make out of the is it a suit uh, a greyhound tuxedo That's what would it is, be best yeah. Yeah. that's the bit that I cut out um yeah, and it's just obviously again a parody of of be our guest from uh, Beauty and the Beast. Um, like the animation in this sequence is unbelievable. Like yeah. the, the creativity of like how they like imagine what the animators had to deal with when they were given this. <laughs> like we need a poodle beret. Yeah, we need like a a, a, red, a suit made out of red robins. Yeah. So we need a gorilla chest. We need a fucking turtleneck that's the size of a giant turtle. Like <laughs> it's just brilliant, and it's it, like it sort of beat for beat matches a lot of the Beauty and the Beast. Um, like animation styles with like the big long corridors and the like fast panning shots and stuff. Um, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I love that little gag at the end as well when Bart's just like singing. Well, it's catchy. Um, yeah, yeah. A, a fantastic track. Like I, I thought you might have this one. Um, Again, it was one of those ones where I was like, oh, you know, it's it's just, it's, it's like, it's it's a given, you know? Yeah, and I was yeah like, it's, it's up a given. there with the big ones. Yeah, and I was like, you know, in fairness, again, this we say oftentimes with the top fives where it's like, look, you could fucking do this five times and still have a room for more. Like, it's just... I, uh, you know, I'm kind of going with what I'm feeling in the moment. You know, yeah. I, yeah I, I'm yeah. sorry, but I wasn't. I wasn't not picking amendment to be. You know, the amendment. There's, there's more to say about that one because yeah. because it hasn't been done to death. Exactly. Yeah, and I want to show out some love. You know. Yeah. yeah. And I'm hoping that the red of me. All right, uh, okay. number number one for me. Um, I think this is just a sweet little thing, and it comes at the end of one of the greatest episodes ever oh. made. It's an absolute classic. It's beautiful, and it sums up just a masterpiece of television. So here's my number one. Simpson song. Well, Mr. Burns had done it. The power plant had won it. With Roger Clemens clucking all the while. Mike Sosha's tragic illness made us smile. While Wade Boggs lay unconscious on the barroom tile. We're talking softball from Maine to San Diego. Talking softball. Manningly and Canseco. Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw Steve Sachs and his running with the law We're talking Homer Ozzy and the straw We're talking softball From Maine to San Diego Talking softball Mattingly and Canseco Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw Steve Sachs and his running with the law We're talking Homer Ozzy and the straw 
it's just so beautiful, isn't it? It's the, gorgeous. The, the singer is Terry Cashman, who had a. Uh, he was born in 1941. He's still with us. Um, I hope he's still with us as wow. of the time this podcast comes out. Um, American record producer, singer, songwriter, best known for his 1981 hit "Talking Baseball." Mm-hmm. This is a parody, "Talking Softball." Yeah. Talking Softball, and it's the same singer. He came in to do it. He did this, you know, so cool. Simpsons theme. So Homer at the bat is the episode, the 17th episode of the third season. Uh, and it's incredible. It's the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant softball team led by Homer having a winning season, making the championship game. And then what does Mr. Burns do? Fires them all, brings in ringers. Yes, uh, all, yeah. You know, real life baseball players like, uh, who, who do we have here? Roger Clemens, Wade Boggs, Ken Griffey Jr., Steve Sachs, Ozzy Smith, Jose Canseco, Don Manningly, Daryl Strawberry, Mike Sosha. Uh, absolutely <laughs> incredible. All guest starring as themselves. And of course, they all meet with tragedy. <laughs> like, yeah, and like yeah, it's yeah. like it's like well, you know, like I mean, for, like you know, one one misfortune, fine, two, yeah, whatever. He's like, but nine misfortunes. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Yeah, and then sure yeah. enough, they all get caught up in in weird situations. Apparently, it says here most of the players were accommodating, except for Jose Canseco, who demanded that his part be rewritten. What a fucking ego! What was his? Can you remember what was the the sort of um, tragedy demise, that befell yeah. him? I can't remember him. I mean, the ones I remember the most are like like there's uh, <laughs> Steve Sachs is my favorite one because it's like. Like Steve Sachs, like Big is jaw. no, no, that's Ken Griffey Jr. He gets gigantic. Oh. Ken Griffey Jr. I'm going to try to remember <laughs> these. Ken Griffey Jr. gets gigantism. Yeah, Roger Clemens uh, turns into a chicken or something like he's clucking. Don Manningly, <laughs> obviously, like he knows, like him and Mr. Burns haven't disagreed about what sideburns are. Yeah, that's my favorite one. Uh, I told you to get rid of those sideburns. <laughs> Mike Sosha gets exposed to radiation, and you, and that's the line you hear there where it's like it's like Mike Sosha's tragic illness made us all smile. Yeah. It's like Jesus Christ. Uh, Jose Canseco might be the guy who goes into like you know a fortune teller booth or something, and he like ends up. In some kind of weird vortex, yeah, where he just goes yeah. to the abyss, yeah, yeah. Um, or no, or, or maybe Jose Canseco is the guy who like helps a woman out of a burning house, and he's constantly moving her stuff around. Oh, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Daryl Strawberry develops depression. <laughs> that, that's is that, his one. Is his is is it literally just Bart and Lisa like jeering at him? That yeah, sort of brings Darryl, him down. <laughs> and he, like, he, he cries like, and then you have like um, Wade Boggs gets knocked out by Barney because they get into oh, a row yeah, about yeah, I think yeah. U.S. presidents. But yeah. my favorite one is Steve Sachs. Steve because they're like Steve Sachs and is running, running with, with the law, law. and it's yeah. Steve, so what's happening is Steve Sachs is driving and like he gets pulled over by like uh, Wiggum's guys uh, what are they called oh because they're like a rival team L- aren't they? Lou Lou is one of them and I then can't, the, the like, other guy I, does he Ernie? have or maybe but it's like the two cops and they pull him over and they're like uh, it's like you know you know you're driving around and they're just like you know like let's see your license <laughs> and he's just like Steve Sachs in a New York City and he's like hey I heard a guy got killed out in New York City oh, yeah. and they never found the guy who did it <laughs> and then like Steve Sachs goes well officer there are like you know many millions un- of people un- unsolved yeah. murders and he goes huh you don't know when to stop talking do yeah. you sexy boy <laughs> and then like later on when Smithers is given the update of where everyone's at he goes uh, Steve Sachs is on trial for like 700 murders or something, it's yeah. like, it's something mental like that like it's <laughs> it's Eddie is the other guy Eddie yeah, yeah, Eddie. yeah. Lou and Eddie okay yeah, yeah it's yeah. great it's an astonishing episode and I find that song just really heartwarming like it's just like a beautiful parody it's a great little thing and it, it bookends the episode perfectly it's such a great it's a classic perfect like it's a perfect episode like it's like yeah. everything in it works yeah. it's still funny it's great yeah uh, it's absolutely it's just wonderful television like it's it is. so it is. so good and the fact that the gags are still delivering in the end credits like yeah just shows you how much creativity was in that writer's room yeah and to bring it back as well we were talking recently about you know like like recently we're talking about like recently as in like a few minutes ago on the show about like how the Simpsons has heart and I mentioned the bit when Homer looks up at the stars for his mother like I mean first of all that image if I, if I stop and I look at that image I will start to cry but like <laughs> the, uh, an example of how the Simpsons knew what to do with its time so well and like an end credits thing like this one 
that scene where Homer's looking at the stars, of course, continues mm. into the credits. Mm. They just mm. played the music and keep the shot on him. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, that is just fucking... lingers. Brutal. <laughs> so yeah. heartbreaking. And you so see a little, like, shooting star at one point. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And I, even, like, you know, even that bit, though, when, like, when she goes away, like, like as devastating as that image is, and it's perfect, it's absolutely perfect. To me, that one image sums up Homer Simpson just more than words can. Yeah. But even just before, they get a little bit extra in, because it's, like, just before she goes to leave... He's like, don't forget me. And I'm like, oh God. I, I got like shivers there. You can just think about it. I know, I know. So, He's like, don't so forget beautiful. me. And it's just like, oh yeah. no, you're like, like it's, he doesn't deserve this. And the score, like at every moment, because we're, we're only talking about songs today, but like mm. the oh, score yeah. gets done yeah. throughout, like just that little moment. Like beautiful. Mr. Burns has his own like Darth Vader style theme <laughs> that plays every time he like walks into a room, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, like that, there's a treehouse of horror specific motif that come that just comes and goes. I think they use like a theremin for that one. Like, mm. like this Alf Clausen guy, man, he is he composed like all of these tracks. Like he, there's nothing the man can't do. And apparently he had like a week. Like it's a bit like that, like South Park production time thing. Like it's really really tight. He had like a week to write and um, and get a demo down of like every track. You know, like it's like a track a week. Imagine, uh, but imagine that was your job. Imagine you got to say that you were that guy. I know. Imagine the pressure after, the pressure like, like is after, what like, I can think of, yeah. you know, because it really it, got, it was like the most famous show in the world after like three seasons, and like to just c- continue delivering to that standard, and mm. which he did for like you know another five decades. Um, yeah. A theme tune, everyone can hum, you know, like so good. Yeah, Danny Elfman, Danny Elfman, I think, Elfman too. Is the, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only one that wasn't done by uh, Alf Clausen, but yeah, and there's all these different interpretations of the end credits as well, and. Like I guess honorable mentions time before I get to my number one. Um, I want to say uh, Flaming Moe's yeah. didn't make it in. Uh, we Do, which is just an incredible Stone song. Stone yeah. song. Like so good. I had to Google uh, who um, who Steve Gutenberg was. Today. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a police academy, I believe. Yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. The three men and a little lady guy. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, what yeah, I know yeah. him from. Um, who makes Steve, Steve Gutenberg, Gutenberg a star? <laughs> yeah, it's so, so good. So obscure. Anyway, um, for my number one, um, this is the one that, like yourself, with Homer sitting on the on the front of the car looking up at the stars, this is the one that gives me the biggest emotional punch time after time after time. Um, it is uh, another tie-in with Mr. Frank Sinatra, patron saint of No Encore. And um, yeah, roll it, Adam. Live from Springfield, the entertainment capital of the state, the Krusty Comeback Special. Send in the clowns. Those daffy, laffy clowns. Send in those soulful and doleful schmaltz by the bowlful clowns. Send in the clowns. Quiet. 
I got like oh. I got like goosebumps when Sidechamel pops up there. I it's get just every time, every time he shows up, unsung hero, like yeah. total unsung hero. Yeah. And by the way, for the record, this being number one means that I of course picked Monorail for number two. Don't be silly. It made the top five on a technicality. Oh shit! Yeah, Monorail's in there, guys. Don't oh, come yeah, at us. Yeah, it's all we good. Didn't talk about Monorail. It's just too obvious. I Again, guess. Again, it's kind of like it's in it's it's the urtext, as Craig would say, or something. You know? Yeah. It's just like yeah, yeah. It, it often gets cited as like the best episode ever. And as well. astonishing. It's yeah. great, but it's. Doesn't have the, does it have the emotion of this though? Would you say send in the clowns? No, no. It get, that gets me. I, I mean, it's about, like there's it's a it's a reinterpretation, I suppose, of a song. Um, send in the clowns. It's been covered by a bunch of different artists, like Barbara Streisand, Frank Sinatra. Was written for a musical whose name escapes me at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, just a really really gorgeous version of it. Um. The vocal performances from like Krusty and Homer on these tracks, like there's the emotion in them is so real. You know what I mean? Like it's like you can hear him crying in the booth, <laughs> you know, like where little little catch in his throat there. He's like, said it. <laughs> the musical is called A Little Night Music. A Little Night Music. Yeah, yeah. from 1973. Yeah, like... I it is wild as well how, like, you know, you know, it's one of the things where it stares you in the face to the point that they literally do it in the show when they when, when Homer becomes a clown and dresses up as Krusty. But, like, Homer and Krusty do have the exact same character model. It's just with the green hair and the white skin and the red nose. Oh, yeah, Apart yeah, from yeah, that, yeah, they yeah. have the exact they dis- same... They dishevel yeah. them up a little bit, don't they? They have like the exact same character model, though. Yeah. It's insane. Like, it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild. I thought you were saying they had the same like personality and I was like, what are you talking about, man? Krusty's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's my number one. Um, I just thought it would be a nice soft landing to bring us back down and make yeah, us feel emotional. Absolutely. Tuck us in at night, just like The Simpsons has done for me so many times. Beautiful. What a journey. What a lovely thing to say. Speaking of journeys, um, if you want to, you know, support the show and take a journey <laughs> on our journey to your wallet uh, you can do that and hit up patreon.com slash no encore support the show uh, get the episode a day early comes out on Thursdays what's the story I mean while I have you here those, I got those limos outside don't pay for <laughs> themselves, themselves. <laughs> we're gonna pay the for the distribution <laughs> I have to uh, while I have you here I mean I have to ask like, what's uh, what's your current musical journey are you are you able to tell us anything and what's uh, I... also you know like sorry we, we, we did speak to you of course for enemies uh, yes we, we've talked about the gig since well, yes, we, we haven't talked to you about the gig since you played in the Button Factory coming back. Uh, it was our gig of the year, of course, on the No Encore yeah, End of Year show. What an honor! But let's talk. I mean, like, like how are you feeling, man? I mean, how's Great. it all been? That was that was so so good that night. Um, that was like, I think for all of us in the band, one of the one of the best gigs we ever played. One of the most, uh, f- some of the most fun we've ever had playing a gig. We fucking loved it. Like, we all went out for beers afterwards, and we were just high. You know, like we were. We had such a good time and we went to London the following week and did another really great show over there. Um, we're going to, we're kind of, we, we sort of had a quiet couple of months there just sort of like dealing with life and we're sort of gearing up again now for a really awesome math rock festival that's happening in London in May. Uh, we're playing with Elephant Gym and Light and like a bunch of culty uh, post-rock, math rock, amazing bands that we would have played with way way back when in like different parts of Asia and stuff so I'm really looking forward to picking up enemies again I think we're, we're going to rehearse in two weeks and, and we're going to try our best to um, write some new material if we can carve out some time for it because we're really really hungry for that and uh, with Royal Yellow I'm just back from a week in the Beekeepers your beloved Beekeepers I know you've 
frequented the spot yourself? In, I, went, I went once. Oh, I, I thought you'd uh, been there a few times. No, no, no. Uh, it, it's amazing. I loved it. Yeah, Dahi's a wonderful artist retreat. Yeah. Uh, I also spent a bit of time and yeah, loved it there too. I, I, yeah. I spent a nice uh, tranquil week there recently. I wasn't making any Slowly. music or anything. I was just lying around. <laughs> yeah, I went down for a couple of days and um, wrote, wrote a bit of stuff, hung out with Dahi. Um, and yeah, that's that's like the first proper stint of royal yellow riding that I've done in a while and it was very fruitful and I'm, I'm, I think that there's, I mean, you, know, you don't want to jinx these things but like I feel like there's going to be uh, a release of some sort uh, this year. All right. You heard That's it there, my guys. Commitment on Mike. If it doesn't happen, you know. Send in the clowns. <laughs> <laughs> I can't top that. Um, but a man who is by no means a clown. Uh, I was wondering how you were going to tie that together. Like, since you said clowns, I was like, yeah, no, I, this could only go one way for me, really. And much like, uh, you know, a faithful institution like The Simpsons that's been kept going forever, this show would not be kept going forever if it wasn't for the wonderful panache and patience and love and joy. On this Valentine's night, that is, of course, the man himself, Sonic Architect Adam, everybody. Here, here. It's great to be here. And, like, again, The Simpsons had such a chokehold on me in my childhood. Like, I loved it. And even if it was, all those jokes were flying over my head. In my early 20s, a friend of mine just happened to come across, by whatever means he came across them, like, seasons one to, like, 14. And myself and my housemate at the time, we had, like, a... We had like an in-house Netflix because he built like a server on this old PC he used. So we were able to just Whoa. like watch it on the TV, any epi- <laughs> any of those episodes, anytime. Oh, and wow. there'd be like many evenings where we'd just sit down with our dinner, myself and himself, and we just, you Amazing. know, we'd watch an episode of The Simpsons. And like watching it again with context is so good like the yeah. re- it's so rewarding um, and I haven't done it in a long time so this has been a big inspiration to go back and listen and watch more episodes of The Simpsons and we'll here, be here. passing on those illicit details to the relevant authorities <laughs> yeah. in the meantime don't have a cow man my name is Dave Hanratty this has been No Encore there will be No Encore and we're back next week much love bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.